And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed, brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just Something I've Noticed. There's a lot more yawning these days. Have you noticed that? Yeah. And the bad thing about yawning, it's contagious. Now, I'm not a scientist, but I do know that's true. You see somebody else yawn, all of a sudden, you got to yawn. Do you know what helps to curtail the yawning? How about a great night's rest at Motel 6? Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price you will love when you use the code CP Red Eye. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at Motel 6 and help curtail the yawning. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 86690 Red Eye. I'm Gary McNamara. He is Eric Harley in studio. Hello. His vocal cords limping along. Yeah, but I'm here. He's he's here. He's uh, he's playing. Yesterday, as we uh, said, to use the old sports analogy, he's day-to-day with an upper body injury. And now yeah. he has decided, injury and all, to come on in and play the game. It's, it's an old football injury. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, uh, uh, by the way, everybody, uh, thank you for all the well wishes that I got. Both of you. And I just want <laughs> Well, I'm glad I, you know, I, I had to at yeah, least. I, you know, I, I had know. To yes. No, uh, many people reaching out. And thank you so much. I appreciate that. Um, so I was on the road. I was at the Mid-America Trucking Show. For those don't, that don't know, it's like the consumer electronics show of trucking, really, if you're going to describe it, you know. Mm-hmm. It's the big one. Uh, if for the trucking industry, it's our Daytona. We start the year big and go to Louisville every year. What I didn't know... This is my 25th year going there. What I didn't know is that Mountain Cedar was very high. The pollen from Mountain Cedar is very high there. Uh, someone told me that. I I didn't ch- I didn't find that out until I was on my way home, actually, at the airport. Uh, but I actually felt it wasn't Tuesday night into Wednesday morning before I actually left on the plane. I felt something in the back of my throat. I thought, okay. Probably nothing, probably allergies. Friday afternoon, we were leaving to go, and uh, we were. Uh, I was, uh, in fact, emceeing and hosting the concert with uh, Tony Justice and LV Shane. I'll tell you right now, if you haven't seen the country music artist LV Shane live, this guy is just, he's so great. He really is good. I mean, he's good you know, however you can find him. But if you can go see his live show, uh, you should do that. But I told uh, one of our colleagues, I said, the bad news is I'm losing my voice and there is no good news. I'm going, I'm going to lose it. 
because I get this every few years, and I can feel it in the back of my throat. I know when it's going to go. And so um, I said, it's going to be gone. And then by the next morning, I had one more event to MC the Paul K. Young Awards. And uh, everybody did an outstanding job, paid tribute to some uh, great truckers uh, that we've lost and, and had a really great turnout, really great turnout. And I was very honored to be asked to be a part of all that. So I get on the plane uh, Saturday night, come home. And Sunday morning, I mean, it must have just been the, you know, how you get back from a, a work trip and you just deflate mm-hmm. and then everything just sets in. And that's exactly what happened. It was just nonstop Sunday and Monday with the coughing and the coughing and the coughing. You know, thing is, is Saturday morning I woke up and I wasn't I wasn't sure I was going to be able to MC the uh, award show. And so I but I, I the first thing I thought of was like, I better text my wife. I, I texted my wife. I said, uh, I'm hun. I am losing my voice and. There's it's it's likely by the time I get home, I will not be able to talk at all. She responded, quote, yay. (laughs) And quite frankly, I haven't ever seen anyone use that many exclamation points. In fact, I think in most states it's illegal to use that many. But uh, it was uh, it was it was a great uh, trip. It was interesting looking at uh, trucking being a leading economic indicator, always has been, um, you know, it's a soft time for trucking. Uh, not the worst time. I mean, by comparison, if you look at how good it was actually and how hard they were running, trucks were running during COVID, um, we've had worse times in our economy over the years. So, But by comparison, it's, it's a pretty good slowdown. But then you, you throw in the cost of diesel, and your cost per mile is is gone way up there. So you know the problem is an interesting study that I found though from uh, uh, one company was that um, in fact truck uh, truckstop dot com if they have the study out. But uh, Brent over there was talking to me about it. He said what they found was that during the good times, during the times that they were running hard. Uh, drivers like to spend more downtime at home so because they could make more money and it afforded them more home time. And I thought, that's interesting because that's not something that we have seen or I would have thought to be the case in the past. But that's kind of where we are, I think, in the economy. And the question is, you know, what is the next generation going to want to drive a truck? And we require uh, trucks for everything. I mean, anything, it doesn't matter what you have. At some point, it's been on a truck, big or small. Uh, I, I think it all, um, I, I think the, the economy and where people will work will all come down to where it has in the past. And that's the fact that government cannot provide the money for people who don't work anymore. Right. And it will be, we're getting back, you're already seeing it in trade schools, for example, that Trade schools are picking up and colleges are yeah. losing. But, but in the last few years, 15% of college enrollments are down and trade schools are are up. And that's because it becomes part of necessity. But we've been through that time over COVID where people have been flushed with cash from government. 
And it's like, okay, why should I work? Well, I mean, think about it. When, yeah. when in the history of our nation has has uh, uh, you know has the population said we don't want to go into work? We have to go into work, right? That's bigoted. That's racist to have us go into work. We shouldn't have to go into work. Think about that. That things like opinions like that have, have never been heard, and that's based on the fact that people believe that they have got a certain amount of comfort at work and they wish that comfort to to stay well has you know we we uh you, you know we see the layoffs that are coming I market watch you know now the the market worried about you know the possibility of recession inflation is high and it gets back to not what makes me it will get back eventually to not what makes me feel comfortable uh, you know, in my job, but damn it, I need a job to survive. Well, that's where we were asking the question through COVID and then through the whole quiet quitting thing, which isn't over really, um, about, all right, at some point your instinct to eat has to kick in. Um, this came across yesterday morning from Seeking Alpha, which is a financial website. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. um, Walmart said that it aims to have roughly, it aims to have, Roughly 65% of its stores serviced by automation by the end of fiscal year 2026. Uh, That news came after reports earlier in the day that the U.S. retail giant was cutting over 2,000 jobs at five of its e-commerce warehouses. The company announced the update on Tuesday while kicking off its two-day investment community meeting. And so when you look at something like that now, you know, that's kind of a, a wide definition to have uh, stores serviced by automation. Okay, to what extent? I do know that they're already in the mode of things like inventory, how they're keeping track of it. But also e-commerce uh, is going to change for them as that automation kicks in and they're going to mimic a lot what the Amazon warehouse uh, setup is. I mean, they may say that they're not. But it is kind of that. And when you order, they're doing more and more to try and get it there overnight. Uh, you can now order from stores, get it same day delivery and, and the whole thing uh, through Walmart Plus. But ultimately, that automation is going to – they don't have a choice. They're not going to find people to stock shelves at night. They're not going to find enough – you know, individuals that want to work at what we used to see as, you know, entry-level jobs. Minimum wage was never a living wage. Minimum wage was about getting in there, being paid something so that you could learn something, ultimately then go out into the workforce as an adult later and then become viable with that experience. But I don't see that. I don't see that will of, well, no, you need to pay me, you know, I'll work for whatever. It is quite the opposite. You need to pay me this or I'm not showing up. And the question is, is how long can the economy sustain the inflation driven by labor? And that's one of the things you and I have been talking about. It's not sustainable because the people won't won't go to a discount retailer and pay more and more and more and more and more for the same things. It's just not sustainable. And I don't know how long, where that brink is, but at some point there is going to be a bust.
Mm-hmm. And then you look at, you know, jobs like uh, that are absolutely necessary. The economy can't survive uh, without without uh, uh, truck drivers. Right. Uh, but then you look at that, you know, that, you know, the, the whole uh, profession of truck driving, which is also not just has never really been driven by just economics. I need to be a truck driver to survive. There was also a culture, you know, oh, the, yeah. the, the culture yeah. of, of, of truck driving, of getting out yeah. there on the road and 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 doing that and you know does you know will that exist 10 years from now you know i i think about you know i i think about uh and, and i'm sure that you know when once you get into the business you realize okay yeah it's fun to do that and i still like doing it but this is work and and to be out on the road yeah you know every single day takes a you know a certain type of 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 personality of work ethic have a lot of work ethic. It's I mean, a calling. A, a, it's a ton of work you're, ethic. You're living right. on the road. Yeah. Right. But then but then it's the 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 calling of the adventure that also comes uh uh with it and you know to me that's the one thing that you know you know what is the motivation of people these days? I always think because I'm always I'm completely obsessed with the people. I would never want to do it myself. But over COVID especially and you know looking at YouTube the people that decide to, you know, become, you know, do the van life thing yeah, and just travel right. all over the place. I could yeah. never do it. Yeah. You know, I sit there and I think there's a ton of things that I look at in life and say, man, I'd like to do that. Man, and I realize, no, I wouldn't. Mm-hmm. I'd like to do it for a day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and but if I'm sitting there out in the van and we're we're into day 10, I'm like, nah, I need to do something productive. I, and, and just, I could probably live in an RV for a month or two, um, but I wouldn't be. You know, I'm not the roaming type, and right. and quite frankly, it, it still feels like, you know, like, okay, but you're living in one place. Yeah. I would rather just drive the open road and then be able to move on from place to place easier than having to worry about towing an RV or, yeah, or living or, in a van. Or, or worried about uh, the black tank problem. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but. But I just, you know, I, I look at that in, in general. I say, okay, well, that ex- still exists out there that people want the adventure of, of, of doing that. Yeah. I think what bothers me most is a, a culture where, uh, you know, the, that, that, that has really stomped down on the adventurous spirit that Americans have, which is partly, you know, what you get with truck drivers out mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. And so it's not just the, the economic portion of it, what people do for a living. But are we, as a culture, have we been stomping down on on people's, adv- uh, you know, adventurous spirit? Yeah, that that always sits in the back of my mind in a variety of different things. You know, in 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 uh, uh, in just in the general uh, in in the 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 general sense of you and I've talked about this before. If I didn't do this, because I never wanted to do talk radio, people always say, oh, you're doing exactly what you want to do in life. Oh, I am now, but when I started, I wasn't. Mm-hmm. But I learned to love it, and I realized that no matter what I would have done in life, it wouldn't have been this, I would have embraced it. Because I I was taught, I mean, I was, you are a product of your environment, and it was always go challenge the world, go do it. And And as I always tell people, what you find out, young people especially, what you find out is... You end up doing what you thought you would never want to do, and you end up loving it. Why? Because you get good at it, and then, therefore, you get more power and control, and you are able to be the decision-maker of things. And that, to me, really is the key of adventurous, the adventurous spirit of Americans out there. Yeah, I think, you know, for trucking, I think it's been so much regulation 
especially especially over the last 20, 30 years or so, that has just ramped up over and over and over again. It, it stifles that um, that freedom aspect of the open road. They feel like, well, my gosh, if I'm you know if I've got Big Brother on my shoulder, it isn't the freedom of the open road anymore. And mm-hmm. the thing is, is that to do trucking right, you have to love it. And without trucking, our economy stops. There's no way it's going to happen overnight. There's some new, very interesting drone technology that I was made privy to, but we're light years from that actually being the case of, you know, delivering anything of note. You're still going to need tons of trucks, regardless of the technology on the road. And that requires people to get them there, even with fully automated trucks. There has to be people inside that cab. We got a great show ahead. There's so much to talk about, so much to catch up on. Yeah. It seems like I haven't seen you in a year. <laughs> I know. It feels like I've been out for two weeks. Eight six six ninety red eye Cold weather takes a toll on trucks. As warmer weather rolls in, it's time to assess the impact winter has had on your vehicle to help avoid downtime and keep your rig rolling through to next winter. When completing your spring maintenance check, don't overlook your windshield wipers. Extreme temperatures, snow and ice can tear windshield wipers apart. Check on yours now to prepare for spring showers and avoid squinting through streaks. A general rule of thumb is to replace your wiper blades every six months. But if your inspection uncovers streaking, worn rubber, or damaged wiper frames, you may want to purchase a new set sooner. This report is brought to you by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. And now for a segment called Just Something I've Noticed. Brought to you by our friends at Motel 6. Just something I've noticed. Bargain hunting is back. I mean, bargain hunting's always been around. We always love a great deal. But man, everywhere you look, people are bargain hunting. You know, there's so many great ways to find great deals. Hey, I have a great find in your bargain hunting journey. Book online at motel6.com. Use the code CPREDEYE to get 15% off your stay at Motel 6 or Studio 6. With almost 1,500 locations across the country, there's almost always a Motel 6 or Studio 6 nearby. And truck parking is available at most locations. Enjoy a clean, comfortable room at a price that's a real bargain when you use the code CPREDEYE. That's the letters CP Red Eye, all one word, for 15% off your stay at motel6.com. That is a bargain. That's just something I've noticed. Brought to you by Motel 6. What's up, everyone? It's Reality Steve, your number one source for all things Bachelor Nation and reality TV. Every day, I'm giving you the behind-the-scenes juice and your info on all your Bachelor Nation stories and also interviewing some of your favorite reality stars. My name has been synonymous with spoilers, but I'm so much more than that. Give me a listen. The Reality Steve Podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen. It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, so 
when uh, you were gone. I know that uh, yesterday I said, how long? Because Bragg's the DA case, you know, the the DA from New York. The case was so bad, uh, and it was worse than we ever thought it was going to be. Yeah. I mean, it was it was like, oh, wow, this is, he's not even stating what the crime is, that I said, how long will it take for this to die? It died yesterday. Okay, somebody said that. Uh, it was this would so this would have been the day of the arraignment in the evening on Fox News, and I don't know which one it was that said it because I wasn't looking at the screen when they said it. They said nobody will be talking about it tomorrow. I uh, and was, I thought, well, yeah. I I think they will, but. It's exactly right. There was no buzz about it yesterday. No buzz. And, and think about the day before, because I just said, stop it. Because even on Fox News, mm-hmm. an unprecedented day in American history. And I'm like, no, yeah. it's not because the impeachments meant nothing. The Democrats destroyed impeachment. Yeah, right. The, the impeachment is now not a serious, uh, is not is n- no longer a serious exercise because of what the Democrats did to Trump. This doesn't matter, and I know they're going to say in his the first president, but it's going to be yeah. But it was bogus what the you know what the DA attempted to uh, to do, and I thought that uh, Repu- you know uh, the the whether it was on Fox News or whatever by taking that this is an unprecedented day. I said nobody's going to be talking about this because the case is so bad. Think about it from unprecedented. Can you believe it, America? And then no talk about it really. Yeah. And any talk about it was about how ridiculous. You know, Bragg's, in, 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 you know, as uh, well as uh, Andrew McCarthy says, non-indictment was because yeah. technically yeah. Even by New York state law, it wasn't an indictment because Trump has to be told what the actual charge is against him. Right. And, yeah, and no, said, it's... so he goes, you know, so the question is, what is it? Right. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. And and of course, at National Review, one of the articles, uh, Alvin Bragg is already, is already losing. Bragg yeah. is already losing. Yep. You know, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Consider yourself canceled if you don't listen nightly. Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hurley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690-RED-EYE. So I just, I this one is what really got to me yesterday. This case is so poor, and uh, Byron York yesterday, the, the columnist, had this, that diabolical. This is actually, you know, when they're hinting at some type of tax fraud in there, you know when Bragg did, but he couldn't get. He never got to the, what the tax to the fraud, crime. What the tax fraud would be, right? Yeah. And <laughs> diabolical prosecutor Bragg alleges Trump's criminal scheme actually resulted in him paying more taxes than were necessary. Uh-huh. Trump and his associates engaged in deception by paying New York State more taxes than it was owed. And that's because if it was a if it was simply a loan that he was paying back, he would have simply paid him one hundred and thirty thousand dollars. 
because he would not have had to. It was simply alone. But what they're saying is Trump, this is the thing about this, Trump committed fraud and tax fraud because he, because... (laughs) Because he overpaid his lawyer. Because he overpaid his lawyer. He paid his lawyer $180,000 to take care of the state and federal income taxes because he paid it as legal fees. So he took care of the taxes instead of just reimbursing him for $130,000. So the possible tax fraud is that Trump and Cohen overpaid New York because of the deception, and so that was the fraud. Yeah. Like, oh, my This God. is such a reach. I mean, oh, my God. I mean, it's just like... It, well, here's <laughs> the thing, because <laughs> the words broken windows came to mind. Mm-hmm. You know, the law enforcement theory. Yes. Mm-hmm. You know, you check the broken windows. <laughs> Bragg is ignoring the broken windows over here. And actually breaking windows on the other side. Breaking new windows. On the other side. He's breaking <laughs> windows where they're not broken. And then saying, look, Trump must have broken in there. You better check it out. And he's not investigating the actual, not looking into the actual broken windows. Again, I have to believe that the people, some in New York, look at this guy and say, violent crime is on the rise and this is what you're doing? This is yeah. so weak. And by the way, the, the lame headlines, and you knew it was going to happen. You just had to sit through them the, the morning of the indictment. But the New York Times, Trump turns himself in. He's not on the run. <laughs> the hell do you mean turns himself in? He was, he was not on the run. It was a voluntary arrangement to have the arraignment on that day. He didn't turn himself in. He was not on the run, <laughs> but they couldn't help themselves. Wanted by the law, Trump finally turns himself mm-hmm. in. But yesterday on yesterday's show, I said, there's nothing here. We made it. And I thought, we're not going to hear anything by Friday. This thing's going to die down really quick. And I said, maybe there'll be some discussion on the Sunday morning news shows and I woke up yesterday and grabbed my coffee, called Dad, and after I was done talking to Dad, went to the news and went, there's no buzz on this at all. I went to social media. There was nothing on this. No, no. You would have thought that the day after Trump was indicted, it would just be, and it was exactly the opposite. It was, there's really nothing here. There's really nothing here. There's really nothing here. And the reason is, is because the most dramatic part of it happened when he showed up for the arraignment. Think about that. Well, or the focus or the focus on the blonde cop that everybody was obsessed with. Yeah. I'm like, stop it. Yeah, I guess uh, the you know, if if that's all they have and then it goes away, you know how weak the case. Look, we already knew how weak the case was. We knew that there was no one. There was no analyst, legal analyst on the left outside of the view or they. Actually, considered legal analysts. I'm, I'm not sure what they call themselves these days. I know they have lawyers on the set. We do know that. Right. But there were no legal analysts on the left and that were coming out and defending Bragg, saying, oh, no, no, he's got him. Look at all these. And then 
after it was handed down, it was like nobody on the left in the left media wanted to touch it. I mean, I was expecting somebody to come out and say, okay, let's go through each of the 34. But everybody's scrambling to find a crime. What is it? What is the indictment? And the thing was, what I found incredible was every single part of it was bogus. I mean, there wasn't, you look and you say, well, tell me something that sticks. Right. And you say, well, you know, initially, and it was, it was really, it was interesting because some of the early analysis of this, uh, you know, was, uh, was, I, I was, I believe wrong because remember it was like, well, you really don't need intent to defraud. Right. And then you get people like, you know, uh, Bill Barr Mm -hmm. uh, and looking to go, no, you need to have an intent to defraud. Right. You know, for example, when you do something and we had gone over that early and we just said, well, how can it be fraud if you don't defraud anybody? Right. Right. If, if you if you don't take money from someone, where's where's the you know, where's the intent to defraud, which means you're doing this to steal from someone. So right. we always thought the initial case was weak to begin with. That still stands. Yeah. There is no intent to infra- to to defraud except a- as he was Bragg was trying to say, well, some uh, some New York state law that makes it uh, against the 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 uh, the the law to hide negative news during a campaign or whatever the hell he was talking about. Right, right. And I went, well, that sounds dumb. But even if that's the case, that's a state law that doesn't apply to a federal election, a presidential election. Right. right. So that doesn't apply. Right. On your federal election law, you can't get there. Right. And then there was one. Oh, the, then there was the other thing about uh, his intent, uh, Trump's in, in, in intent to basically not tell the truth about things in the future. He was basically saying Trump planned to not tell the truth about something in the future, and therefore that was a crime. And at that point, I I, I said, are, are, are we in that, uh, what, what was the movie where the... Uh, where they 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 would get you for future crimes that you had. Oh commit. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with with I, the uh, the cogs. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, yeah the and, um, uh, minority report. My, minority. I go, what is this, minority report? Mm-hmm. He's actually saying this. Yeah. And then Trump's intent to. Well, we've been to, here with Trump, though. We've been here uh, with when they went when they had the special prosecutor assigned. It was remember the questions that that came out. What were you thinking when you said this? Right. What were you? Th- thinking when you said this during the whole Mueller thing when they were trying when they were trying to get to obstruction of justice right right because there were so many ways that you could you could you could look at it and say like, well no like you, they expected right. him to come out and go oh i was thinking obstruction of justice i don't know what you guys were thinking <laughs> i was thinking obstruction of justice anybody with me come on obstruction right. of justice let's get a chant going and you know then the statute of limitations and everything else but the, the Honestly, the judge should have thrown it out yesterday. No, it, it's and, it is it's it is beyond. Here's what I wonder. I'm wondering if the, if the judge is so stunned. You just look at this and go, I I don't even know where to go on this. You know, and 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 there's the problem. Is that ultimately? I heard somebody make the um, comment yesterday too. That one of the problems is going to be finding a jury. Tell me, go somewhere and. And and just mention the name Trump, but this applies to every president. Mm-hmm. There are opin- strong opinions about every president. 
one way or the other. And so that's going to be that would be a problem. But you have to have the case to begin with if you ever get to jury selection. I mean, this is just as empty and ridiculous as can be. And, you know, for people on the left who hate Trump and want to bring Trump down. Here's what I'd ask. What do you expect this to do? What do you expect this to result in? Because there's the thought that, all right, brag, uh, you know, because we've seen the millions of dollars that, that Trump has raised since being since the indictment came down. But Bragg gets him to the point that he becomes the nominee, but he loses in the general. What if he doesn't? What if he doesn't lose in the general? Well, I, you know, I said, uh, uh, in fact, we'll get to Ann Coulter's column in a, a little bit, basically saying that Republicans are suckers here. You know, I said that yesterday. I said that, you know, there was a and again, it could be just it it, it might be just temporary. And, and I still sit there and say, uh, will this convince independents to vote for Trump if he's running against Biden? But is he running against Biden? Because I believe now Newsom's going to throw his hat in because Newsom's making noise again. And and so, you know, and and I think there's there's a realization that uh, that Biden can't make it through. He can't do interviews. Well, it he seems can't do like anything. internally that there is right. this realization. Yeah, that, that there that and, he's not going to last. And and so uh, uh, but but I said yesterday, I went, wow, you know, you actually may have. And, and again, we I think that we're honest in in. Our analysis. We're not saying something to push a particular. I'm not saying this to push Trump, but I I said this because it's how I truly feel. You may have actually yesterday done the impossible, the absolute something that I thought a week ago would be impossible. You have actually maybe made Trump a sympathetic victim. Yeah. No, you know, the, the no, no, the because I saw some of the headlines from the liberal media of uh, Trump clenching his lips in apparent anger. I thought and then others, you know, I mean, Fox News was saying you got a stoic look. The look in the courtroom looked like a guy who didn't flinch. And we said this about him through two impeachments and now this indictment. He looks like a guy who doesn't flinch. He looks like a guy who looks at this and says, you know, here we go again. And that's the kind of thing that, and so when you're seeing him there, and then all of a sudden nobody can make the case. This is the problem. If those legal analysts can't make the case for him in in these days, right here, in the heat of this moment, on the day of the arraignment and the days following the arraignment up through this Sunday morning, if they cannot do that now, they'll never be able to do it. The political motivation builds from that. Here's why Bragg is going to win this case. Here's why Trump is going down. Here's And you're not seeing that no, anywhere. No, you're just seeing, okay, we can't talk about this yeah. anymore. And then, you know, and this you have to look at this and uh, covered this uh, uh, yesterday, the new allegations coming out against Biden. Oh and I gosh, think there's yeah, a great fear. Yeah. I think actually think that's why Newsom, you know, the stuff that that uh, uh, James Comer is finding, you know, the fact that they're going to promote the fact that the million dollars you're going to see a lot of promotion that million dollars that 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 went, you know, the tentacles to you know to the Biden family, to the brothers, to the 
to uh, to uh, Hunter Biden, to the brothers, to the uh, 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 Bo Biden's uh, widow, uh, all th- this money there. And then the um, the story that came out yesterday that an assistant to uh, Biden after his vice presidency says, no, those those documents, you know, those classified documents mm. were in three different places and taken to a, a in a personal car. Uh, you know, to the Ben Penn Biden Center and were not uh, uh, locked up. And then Comer coming out and saying that one of the uh, uh, one of the uh, they believe that there's a possibility that he he does believe that from what he has seen, that one of the things documents that Hunter Biden gave one of the Chinese companies was actually part of the classified documents that was found. Oh, I mean, you get to that kind of stuff now. And and I said and you and I. I'm just say you and I, you weren't here, <laughs> mm-hmm. but that's now that's that's bad. <laughs> Where I say something and I believe, well, Eric and I said it. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> we have it makes we, sense. We have one mind, uh, uh, <laughs> but um, uh, when you uh, when you when I, the the thing I said was that once this dies and this there's nothing going to be happening between now and August. Right. And there's going to be motions made, but there's nothing talking. There's not going to be any talk because the Democrats can't talk about it. And Trump isn't back in court till December. There's all this time when things are going to be quiet to say, okay, what's going on with Biden? Right. Oh, yeah. 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RUDDA. I'll tell you one of the narratives that was going around yesterday was the realization even by Democrats that the crime problem in New York City that Bragg is ignoring right, yeah. and then going at It was actually making the comparison about him going after Trump with these, you know, with very highly dubious charges while, you know, then the record was coming out. You know, what is Bragg doing how many felonies is he reducing on violent crime? What is he doing here? Mm-hmm. And it's that comparison that was really in the news yesterday. Yeah. Top of the Hour News is brought to you by House Products. Visit HouseProducts.com. This is Red Eye Radio. On Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the world, we are Red Eye Radio, 866-90-RED-EYE. He is Eric Harley, limping into the studio. Hello. Working on a half of a vocal cord this morning. <laughs> no, it's just good to have you uh, uh, Good to have you back. You know, it's... Um, With one vocal cord tied behind my back. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> a little inspiration from the great Russian. Uh, it, it's funny because uh, uh, I love doing this show, 
Um, I, I love doing talk radio. I never thought that I would ever want to give up when I was a solo talk show host, my autonomy. You know, yeah, there was just right. a certain thing you just thought. Yeah. And I never realized that when you find the right co-host, mm. when you have that chemistry, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh, it actually brings more of you out. You're that, able yeah, because that, that's what I hear, right? Because <laughs> because no, because you're yeah, <laughs> that's what you hear in your headphones. <laughs> because you're able to you're at, you're that's actually what people tell me. Well, because you're actually able no, to talk yeah. more in a conversational way with somebody else, and right, I think that right. you know two yeah. brains talking together mm-hmm. that really have great curiosity mm-hmm. is it, it to to me is just it's it's a lot more fun. For me, yeah. when when yeah. I'm on when I'm and I find this now when I'm on alone, not that I not that I don't enjoy it, but it's work. I mean, yeah. it's it's, yeah. it's yeah. work. Not that this isn't work; it just doesn't seem like work. Right. And so, well, thank you for coming back, so I don't have to work. <laughs> well, you know, as I laid there, uh, it was killing you, wasn't it? Just it was killing you with everything going ceiling, and then reading the headlines, it was killing you. I said that on the air a couple you know, of times when you were gone. Because I them. can't scream. <laughs> you know, but in my in my mind, it's, you know, you morons, you morons, you morons. Um, I, I, watching, you know, some stand-up, uh, you know, trying to, in my downtime, I, I watch a lot of stand-up these days. Stand-up comedy's really taken off, and I love it. Um, but uh, just trying to, you know, keep the upbeat, it, I think it's a good, in my downtime, it's a good way to step away from it. it that and really cool action movies or whatever. But um, I I noticed, you know, I thought to myself, okay, what I love about what we do is that, that you do have to step away from, man, there's, there was so much the day of the indictment. There's so much, or the arraignment, so much drama. And it, it's, it's just roll your eyes. And it didn't matter if it was the New York Times or Fox News. It's like, can everybody take a breath? Can everybody just calm down here? This is a nothing case. And then we get into it, you know, and it's like, because I thought, ooh, 34 counts. That seems like many. I'm no legal expert or nothing but man, that seems like more than two dozen to me. And I, I thought to myself, gee, I can't wait. Cause I thought to myself, you know, we said it years ago. We told the liberals, look, if you're going to do anything, go big. Well, Bragg went so big on this. I would have thought, oh, tone it down, dude, tone it down because you have nothing. But then he's got 34 counts of nothing. I mean, not like seven, eight, or nine. When I when they were coming down, when you know, was the word came down. Okay, it's going to happen, and then boom, it happened. And I thought, because at first I was thinking probably somewhere between eight and ten, right? It's always several. At the at the minimum, it's always several. Thirty four. Oh my gosh! And it was. 34 nothings, one right after the other. Yeah, somebody wrote uh, the other day that uh, 
if you if you do math without feelings, yeah. <laughs> uh, thirty four times zero is still it's, zero, it's zero. <laughs> still zero, and that's it. That's beautiful. And and those are you know and and I looked at it and it's like wow, and it's funny because on my way in, you know, um, I didn't sleep in the evening. I got up around three o'clock, and I'm as I'm watching things through the evening. I thought. What did I miss? Because the chatter, the, you know, all of the, uh, even in the echo chamber of social media, it was not what you would expect the day after for a former president being indicted on 34 counts. Oh, my gosh. And then I thought, what is it? What did I miss? I mean, every source that we follow. And I thought to myself, huh. I didn't miss anything. Bragg did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And no. and that was it. Because here's a guy who and we've been saying we said it from the beginning when the word started to come out that he was going to indict. And and even Andrew McCarthy was saying, you know, it's it's look, it's inevitable, it's gonna happen, it's imminent. And I thought, okay. The rise in violent crime in New York, even if you're a Trump hater, you got to be looking at this and going, oh, man, I, what are you doing? My family doesn't feel safe, and you're throwing 34 counts of nothing at Trump because you don't like the guy. And then people breaking it down based on how many cases he's bringing, what is he doing to bring crime down in New York. And ultimately, the answer is nothing. He's there for one reason. He's politically motivated. He's going to be, he's going to, he's trying to be a hero and a patsy for the left so that the, their game plan is set him up so that Trump gets the nomination, but he loses in the general. He may not lose in the general. Let me, uh, let me read uh, portions of this Ann Coulter op-ed piece in Breitbart. Ann Coulter, who used to be revered by Republicans, right? Yeah. I don't think I'm being inaccurate by saying that. No. Um, Democrats are playing Republicans like a fiddle. The left's sole objective is to make Trump the Republicans' 2024 presidential nominee. He's already lost three election cycles for the GOP. Why not make it four? A month ago, things were looking bad for the uh, Democrats. Immediately after Trump announced the uh, for president last November, he may, may as well have gone into the witness protection program. Even Fox News cut away from his announcement speech. He had to have dinner with a noted Hitler enthusiast to get any attention. And when he spoke at CPAC in February, the room was half empty. Looming before them was the threat from Florida. Governor Ron DeSantis, he was beating Trump in the presidential polls without even announcing. He scored victory after victory against Democrats and won his reelection bid in a purple state by 20 points despite attacks from Trump. Hmm. Against DeSantis's smarts and energy, the Democrats would be running President senile dementia and vice president and a vice president whose sole credentials is that she is black and a woman. They had only one hope. Get Trump the nomination. Liberals, he's a danger to the nation. Never have we faced such a peril. Now let's do everything we can to make sure he gets the nomination. And that's why Democrats indicted Trump on the absurd charges this week. 
and the media covering the event like it was the capture of Osama bin Laden. Today, the party mandates, uh, excuse me, the party mandarins are sitting around laughing as Republicans trip over themselves to uh, defend uh, 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 Trump. Hang on here. Let me just, uh, I just had a uh, very quick problem here with the, uh, with the uh, uh, computer. Uh, uh, okay. Th- that was the whole point of my book, Resistance is Futile, mm-hmm. how the Trump-hating left lost its collective mind. Instead of tr- attacking Trump for things he's actually done, liberals would run off and make wild charges, for- forcing normal people to say, I don't like the guy, but he's not a Russian agent. The endless stream of preposterous charges against Trump only helped him. So why not launch another ridiculous accusation to help get him the nomination? That's exactly what they did in last year's GOP primaries, supporting Trump's nutbar candidates, knowing they would go on to lose a general election. By boosting Trump's candidates, Democrats managed to pull out an historic midterm victory for Biden. And now they're doing it again, trying to trick the Republicans into choosing the worst possible presidential nominee. Guess what? It's working. New GOP model, unable to learn from the third kick of a mule. In response to Trump's arrangement on Tuesday, all conservative media swept aside news of out-of-control crime, chaos at the border, fentanyl overdoses, and the looming recession. Their number one job, save Trump. A major conservative talk radio host even suggested DeSantis stand down and endorse Trump. True, uh, everyone at MSNBC is a Trump-hating zealot, but this helps obscure the real objective. Half the Democrats genuinely hate Trump, the other half are saying, this is fantastic. We're, we're going to win him the nomination. Politico reports that Biden's senior advisors reacted to Trump's recent sur- surge in the polls with unmitigated joy. We beat Trump once, they say, we'll do it again. They're absolutely right. Once voters reject you once, they almost never change their minds. In all of U.S. history, losing presidential candidates have run again about a dozen times, only three of those re-nominations were successful, and only once since 1892. Nixon was the only one to do it in the past 131 years. Of course, that first election probably was stolen from him mm-hmm. against Kennedy. But Nixon graciously conceded instead of running around making a complete ass out of himself. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone acts as if Trump's 2016 win was a gigantic, stupendous victory, when in reality, he barely squeaked by. Don't confuse startling with big. He was running against the most hated woman in politics. Moreover, the country has been incessantly told that Hillary had it in the bag. On election day, the New York Times put her chances at winning at 85%. Princeton professor Sam Wang, who correctly predicted 49 out of 50 states in 2012, said Clinton was more than 99% likely to be the next president. How many Clinton voters saw those polls and thought, I'll just say I voted for her and go and get my nails done. Yet, yet, and still, uh, out of 139 million votes cast for Trump in 2016, Trump won with a mere 80,000 votes across three states. Flip those votes, Hillary wins. Trump's winning was a shock, but it wasn't an amazing, spectacular victory indicative of some sort of electoral magic. And then, of course, Trump went on to turn his presidency into uh, over to Jared and Ivanka, betray his voters, uh, and, but he moved the embassy, talking about his, Israel, and lose the next three election cycles. Republicans, no matter how angry you are at Democrats for politicizing the law, please remember, Trump will lose to Biden. 
There is absolutely no scenario in which he wins. The good news is there's virtually no scenario where Biden wins unless Trump is his opponent. Hmm. I don't now, know about that. Now, I, mean, I, now I, will, I will say this. I will say that, uh, and, and well, I, I think the, the one point is, again, uh, you, you, can't, you can't look at an election based on the, uh, you know, what happened yesterday or right. the, the, the temporary sympathy that, that may, because I said, I, you know, they may have done the impossible, and that's turned Trump into a sympathetic uh, victim. Uh, there's a long way. I mean, there's so much to go before we even get to the primaries of, of next year. So we have no idea, uh, what is going to happen here. I would disagree with her, uh, with Ann Coulter when she states, uh, look, it's a possibility what she's saying. It's a distinct possibility. When you look at the numbers out there, Trump has to get independence. Mm -hmm. Trump isn't trying to get independence. Mm -hmm. He's never tried to get it. That's a problem. You have to go for independent. Trump cannot win with his base. And, and we'll, his base alone, right? Right. And so he has to branch out. He has shown no willingness to branch out in an attempt to get independence. And I don't know. That's the question. Can he? Now, I, I guess the, the, the one thing you have to consider is inflation is so bad. It's so bad. And Biden is so bad. And Harris is so incredibly bad. Uh, is that the key to a Trump victory? And you have to look at that and say, that is a that is a possibility. Will yeah. Trump being a victim himself, being viewed as a sympathetic victim, get him the presidency? I would say no. Well, it has to be combined itself, with yeah, the bubbling yeah. of, of, of Biden. Well, and and I think, too, it has to be combined with a, um, a much different campaign style. Uh, as you mentioned, he's going to have to uh, get out there and work for the middle for the independence, and we'll see. You know how that goes. I don't believe he can do it. I now I'm not saying he can't get the historically the vote. so far he hasn't demonstrated uh, right. that that he's in that mode well, that he's willing to go to that. He was able to get it in 2016. The reason I don't, I, yeah, and I think the reason is there there, and the big difference is is that there was the unknown, right? Because he had not been president. Um, there was not. You know, the everything that's in place now that basically you can say uh, everything leading up to, I would say, inauguration day of 21. You know, when, uh, you know, his, his last day as president, uh, all of that uh, changed hearts and minds in the middle. And right now, that's not for the positive. You have to change hearts and minds in a way, in a meaningful way. And the problem is, is it's in, it's very hard to regain trust. It's one thing to build it based on things that haven't happened, but to have to regain it, then your burden is the things that you have done that have happened. And that's where people look at it and say, yeah, but I don't want that again. I don't want this to happen again. And so that's the question. Where does the middle go if he is to win the nomination, then where does the middle go and how would he regain their support? I, that's, yeah. a, that's an Everest of a mountain for anyone. I'm not saying that there aren't independents who won't vote for him. What I'm yeah, saying is right. Trump will not campaign to right. try to get the independent. Right, and you have to work right. for them. Look, he, he is the underdog, again, because of Bragg. He's the underdog, but the problem with that is he's also a known quantity. And you're not just a blind underdog. In other words, people saying, well, I'm going to put my trust in him. I believe he can do it. 
they're afraid of what he might do again in terms of his behavior, and that's a problem. 86690-RED-EYE. Surviving and thriving as an owner-operator has just as much to do with managing costs as it does with generating revenue. Like the chief financial officer of any company, you have to be concerned about rising costs, especially without increases in revenue. Trying to reduce costs, let alone make sense of them, can be a complicated task. Understanding basic principles of operating costs can save you thousands of dollars a year. A penny saved could be $1,000 earned. Saving just one penny per mile over 100,000 miles driven annually will deliver $1,000 to the bottom line at the end of the year. Owner-Operator Business 101 is provided by Shell Rotella. Shell Rotella, with advanced synthetic technology, is designed to help keep your rig running with more mileage and less maintenance. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Where I would disagree with Ann Coulter uh, is the fact where she's saying that, you know, everybody is that everybody in the Republican Party has gone, you know, to vote for Trump. Look, there's a there's a sympathy factor that that goes in here. It's a long time. What people were defending, what I was defending was and you were defending. I know both what we were doing and many other people they are saying what's happening to him is wrong. This is bogus. Right. Whatever. His support naturally is going to go up. Will that hold uh you know, for 11 months, we have no idea what's going to happen between now and uh, and then. It's a it's a long time. And when, you know, you you uh, that that thought, though, is unless you're an absolute Trump supporter, you know, no matter what. And that's not the majority of Republicans right now. Mm. The majority of Republicans understand that if they vote for Trump, that may be the biggest chance to lose in 2024. Mm. Yeah, they know that. Yeah, it, Republicans Republicans know that if you look at the odds because what are the odds that you know, you lose a presidential election and then you lose, you see what happened in the 3 or in the 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 two uh uh whatever, two of them? Oh no, no, the Senate, the the, the Senate uh and then the midterms. Right. And right, you see yeah. that and most Republicans go, "Okay, is it time to go for someone new?" That thought process is in Republicans' heads. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. You're listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. And he is Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 Red Eye. I think it was political. Political in the New York Post, somebody was reporting yesterday that uh, uh, now, because of everything that that happened yesterday, you have uh, uh, Trump 
uh, campaign people now contacting DeSantis's big donor saying mm-hmm. it's time to come to us. Mm-hmm. And so and that was after the report that uh, one of DeSantis's PACs has already raised 30 million dollars. Right. And yeah. and so, uh, you know, it's it, like, like I said, everything sort of dies now. Everything right. sort of dies and settles down, because including the bump in campaign donations for Trump. Well, yeah, 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 well, yeah, exactly. But but I mean, on both the, sides, right? But I mean, the news dies down, yeah, yeah. and when the news dies down, then it gets back to more of the it gets back to more of the issues uh, uh, out there. I think the most interesting thing is uh, you know you had uh, uh, just uh, not DeSantis, but Newsom was in Florida yesterday. I really do think, I really think that you've got Democrats now looking at it. Now uh, we're now into April, and there is no indication. That no indicate because remember, remember how long ago uh, you had Biden was supposed to announce that he's running for president again. You haven't heard anything mm-hmm. yet. There's no indication. And we're now up, you know, we're now through the first week of uh, almost through the first week of, of April. And there's no indication that, you know, there's an announcement coming from Biden in the next couple of weeks. So right. how long is he going to how long is he going to wait before he announces that he's going to run now, he is going up against uh, Marianne Williamson, and as we now know, it's no official announcement, but RFK Jr. is... Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. Did you burst uh, out laughing? Yes, I did. I burst out laughing. I went, oh, okay, well, no, that... Okay. But yeah. but I, I think the one thing that isn't being talked enough now is Newsom now. You know, there was that thing where he's going to go to blue states to promote liberalism, and then he was in Florida apparently yesterday. Right. He was in Florida yesterday attacking, uh, uh, you know, DeSantis... I'm like, wow. Okay, he's think he's thinking because there's no reason for him to be there. He's got so many problems in his state right now. The only reason to be doing it is, I, I really wonder where it's like. You know, I need to run for president. I need to abandon Florida because if I stay as governor of Florida for the next couple of years with everything as bad as it's going, I think he really is, you know, thought it over and said, I can't save California. I can't save this place, and so I'm better to run now than. In another four years, I really think that's the mindset behind him. You know, you think about it. You think of the liberal circular firing squad on reparations. When you were gone, you saw that now the California reparations people, not San Francisco, Mm -hmm. San Francisco at five million, California at three hundred and sixty thousand. And now the activists are pushing California and saying five million isn't enough. Now it's like seven point six million. They're up to. Yeah. And so this insanity continues in in California. The budget isn't going good. People are leaving. 500,000 people have left California in the last two years, heading to a recession right now. I think that he's thinking to himself, I've got to run now. I can't run in four years. Well, that's it. Uh, you know, <laughs> we asked the question uh, starting a couple of weeks ago, does anybody want to on the left want to come in? and clean up their own party's mess, Biden's mess. But you make a point in that Newsom is in a unique situation where the spotlight is bigger. We talked about the blue bubble that he lives in, but also the big blue spotlight that's on him now with things like reparations and how crazy it's getting there. So this may be, he may be thinking, well, gosh, it's now or never, because if I stay and I don't do anything and I don't get reparations done, 
which I don't know how you get it done, and I don't fight for it. And what are you fighting for? How are you going to pay for it? <laughs> you know, so if I don't get that done, then it's 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 a complete loss. If I if I go and I run and I'm able to win, then you can deal in the abstract in a, in an office where you can promote things in an abstract or or not even in in a reality in that the his party his side doesn't care about borrowing money the one thing you can't do as a governor in california uh, or any state you can't borrow money you're limited you're going to have to have a funding mechanism well you know you take that to the white house and then he can come up with whatever agenda he wants to and he can promote a lot of things in the abstract and also uh, do what his party does and spend big or at least try and those are the things that set it apart also the reluctance of the current president of biden to announce his re-election campaign this is bizarre it's weird because here we are now into april and remember it was well he'll be you know i don't think they use the word grappling but he'll be thinking about it. He'll be mulling it over during the Christmas break or whatever he calls it. Mm-hmm. And and remember, a decision will be made over right. Christmas. And, and a decision had, Right, exactly. And, so, and, and now, of course, a lot of that that happened over the Christmas was the documents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he had some documents to look at to decide if he was going to run. <laughs> yeah, I bet he did. And so, <laughs> so the you know, the problem is is that you know, now you've got the, the Hunter thing, which is going to rise to the surface all over again. Uh, Jim Jordan is talking about, uh, you know, uh, going after Bragg. And, 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 you know, there are, there are two thoughts of there, and that is, all right, well, but what can you do? Well, nothing has to be actionable if it tells the story. And now I don't right. know, I don't know to what extent, again, they're going to follow through with that, uh, you know, with Jordan and everything else. But that's, that's not even the important thing that's going to be done in the House. The important things are related to the current president. And we'll see where those go. But if Biden still hasn't announced and we're within a year of their convention, then I don't know why he would wait that long to announce he is going to run. Unless he's waiting to see where that Hunter Biden thing goes. I don't know. But in order for this to not affect the party in in a super implosion kind of way, it can't be a challenger in the governor of California. Newsom has to essentially be anointed. What that requires is Biden to announce he's not running and Kamala, the vice president, Kamala Harris, to announce the same voluntarily Vol- bowing out yes. them to announce right. they will not run but here's the thing if they sense because the one thing about democrats is all they care about is winning mm-hmm. and that's if you look at ann colder right now what she's saying is republicans don't care about winning they care right. about their loyalty towards trump we'll right. see where that goes but that's what her right. accusation uh, uh is democrats we know you know, they were willing to throw everybody under the bus in the last one to put Biden in there. Remember what happened in South Carolina when they realized, oh, mm-hmm. my, one of these radicals may get in. We need somebody who is perceived as not being a radical. 
Right. And so we need to get Biden in. And so they did it. They got Biden in and they set everything up right now to start in South Carolina to ensure in their minds that Biden can win again. Right. So they really don't care. They'll they'll talk a good game where they care. You know, we need women. We need minorities. They really don't give a damn. They just want to win. Right. They want to win mm-hmm. to promote their agenda. So I wouldn't be surprised. You know, there may be some on the left screaming, but I don't think that will affect who they will vote for in a primary. I would still see that that uh, if Newsom decided to get in and Harris were there, they'd just sweep Harris aside. Because they really don't care. They don't care about minor. Look, they would change their, their, they would be screaming like crazy about defund the police and what's going on in the, in, in cities today that are mainly democratic. They don't care. They don't care about blacks. They don't care about women. They, you know, they, they, they use them as, as tokens to promote a particular narrative, but they don't care and they'll swoop them aside in order to win. So I think it's more of a what you're hearing now, but they would sweep Kamala Harris aside like that to put a Newsom in, I believe. Oh, I think the party would, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, you know, they don't really care. No, you know, no, it, no, it's it's all it's it's all again. It, it's uh, it's talk. It's imagery. It's all mm-hmm. imagery. Mm-hmm. We care about blacks. Yeah. Well, we don't care about the inner city. Let it go to hell. Defund the police. No police. Don't you know? You see, violent crime is on the rise, and they don't care about no. the families that are dealing with that and can't afford to move yeah, out of their, right. their town. Let's let's let your know, sanctuary cities. Let's let's uh, promote the criminal over the law-abiding citizen. And in the cities, a lot of these sanctuary cities, the vast majority of the population is minorities. They don't mm-hmm. care. No, no, you know, not they at all. pretend they care, but they really don't care. So they'll throw Kamala Harris aside like that. Oh, I I, I don't have any doubt on on her. If she announced she wanted to to run, there would I don't think that that would keep Gavin Newsom necessarily from jumping in. I don't think that would if she if he announced if Biden announced I'm not running, and then she announced she was going to run, I think there's still a decent chance that he would jump in. The problem is going to be the liberal circular firing squad, and that as well. Okay, do we because that will be the split in the party. We have a chance to have the first female and African-American female president, or we have another white guy, and that will yeah. be the debate. And it'll be a debate that they won't win. The party going with the winner, who they believe will win, just like it did in, in 2020. They mm-hmm. went with Biden. They went with the you know old white guy, mm-hmm. even though they had a cross-section of diversity. They panicked. When Biden wasn't the guy, because oh, yeah. everybody is perceived as too radical. Yeah, no, 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 no. Right. All all day long, that's a loser. But it's going to be the only debate they have, like it was oh, in yeah, 2008. Yeah, yes, yes. It'll be, it, it won't be an in issue. In 2008. It's it, not going to be an issue debate. 2008. It's right. her time. No, it's time for the first African-American president. No, the first female president. How about qualifications? Nope. Doesn't matter. How about issues? Oh, they don't want to talk issues. The <laughs> <laughs> last thing that... Democrats want to talk is is uh, is issues out there. So now, the defiant Biden, will he decide not to run again? Oh, that looks weak, Joe. Man, you don't look cool in a Corvette after you do that. <laughs> 866-90-RED-EYE. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
It's Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 86690 uh, Red Eye. Yeah, you know, we had talked about this uh, a couple of weeks ago when uh, the Republicans said they're going to go after, uh, you know, Bragg, and we went, well, you have no jurisdiction over it, so you can't get anywhere. But when you see yesterday, because one of the things that I saw Jim Jordan and Comer talking about was Bragg used, there's there's two reasons. They go, here's our in. Again, they, they have no enforcement to do anything against Bragg, but right, as you right. just said, they want to get the message across that yeah. this is what the Democrats are 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 doing. And what they said was Bragg in their communications admitted he used federal funds in order to go after Trump. Mm-hmm. And so those federal funds are congressionally appropriated. Right. That's your in right there. Yeah. No, no two ins. You're you're interfering in an election. By putting bogus charges, and that is a legit point. No, it a is. A prosecutor interfering, election interference by putting up bogus charges and invoking a federal law to do that while using federal funds as part of your prosecution. I'm like, well, there's your in. Remember Trump making a phone call to the then incoming president of Ukraine. Oh, my gosh. Let's impeach. Yeah. And this is not supposed to be interfering in an election for the and, left. And so the, the the advantage, if they do it right, for the Republicans is the public by and large. And and, and by the way, Britt Hume, I, I played the autocut yesterday, had the exact same th- opinion I had uh, uh, that um, uh, like, was like a 37 percent. or Well, there was a certain basically 25 percent of the population believe that the the uh, prosecution is political, but they still want Trump indicted. Yeah, and it was like right. they know. He goes, "My God, that shows twenty five percent. A huge portion of America knows it's wrong and still wants him to do it." I'm like, "Well, mm-hmm. those are the loyal Democrats that don't care right. about the democracy. Right. They just want to get Trump, or they believe that's the way to win the election." So again, as uh, what was the talk show host that said it? Doesn't matter what you have to do. To win an election, you win it. I can't think of it, the, the late talk, liberal talk show. Oh, uh, Ed, Ed, Ed Schultz. Ed Schultz yeah. said it. Yeah. Doesn't matter what you have to do. You do whatever you have to do in order to win an election. Doesn't matter whether you lie, cheat, whatever. And, you know, this is, you know, this is what you want to promote as the Democrats doing. But the fact is, this is a time as this is a proper time to announce it because the indictment is so weak. And you know it because the left start, yeah. stopped talking about it right. yesterday. Right. It's so hor- You look and you go, oh, my God, they're actually going. There is no criminal case here. Everybody knows it. The public knows it because before we even knew, before we even got to yesterday, two weeks ago when this first came out, 60% or 62% believed that it was political. Now it's up to like 75%. Oh, yeah. Everybody knows. Yep. And this yep. is where you say, okay, here they're doing it again. Right. So, yeah, you do promote it. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. Now, it's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. 
Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show. From the Uniden America Studios, this is Red Eye Radio. All across the USA and around the planet, we're Red Eye Radio. He is Eric Carley and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. If you would like to get in, download our app today. Listen when and where you want. Uh, if you can't listen live uh, overnight. So the big picture here, where do we go from from here now that uh, uh, we're not going to hear much about the Trump uh, indictment from the left? They're not going to be pounding on it day in and day out because there's nothing there. You may hear, for example, on The View that oh, Trump's indicted. He's an indicted. But nobody will dare talk about the facts. And I believe that most in the news media is just going to move on from it and just attempt to uh, ignore it. And so there isn't anything going to happen till at least August or September because that's when motions are supposed to be filed, I guess, in 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 four months if you're going to, you know, according to the uh, lawyers. And then Trump doesn't appear again until December, even if, even if he has to appear. Who knows? Mm-hmm. This thing could be squashed, um, you know, uh, by then. Just I was just reading here. Uh, from the Washington Examiner, all the the liberal response and uh, talked about a lot about it yesterday. I mean, even Andrew McCabe came out and said it's a disappointment. I think there's great. I I, I I think there's the great 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 fear. Bolton came out. You know, even Bolton and Bolton had said you know earlier all these you know he he was not happy. I'm paraphrasing here. Wasn't happy with all the Republican support. Uh, you know, for Trump on this, and then came out and said, "Oh, this thing should be dismissed. There's nothing there." <laughs> you've, so you've got McCabe and Avenatti now both saying, "There's nothing here." <laughs> Think about that. Think about that. I didn't know Avenatti said it. Well, he, he said, said it early on. This was before the oh, indictment okay, came okay. down. He said the case is weak. Okay, you know, and this is these are the problems here. Is that the tells are very clear. You don't see any legal, real legal analysts on the left. The view doesn't count. And breaking this down, saying, here's where Trump is in trouble. Here's really where Bragg has him. And I think with Jordan, it will also, Jim Jordan, if there is, it, this could also be a tell, possibly. Him going forward to tell the story. And bringing Bragg forward in front of the House. It, again, he doesn't have anything that's actionable. The House committee is not going to, Judiciary Committee is likely not going to do anything actionable there. But they have uh, oversight, uh, a, a purview. He's within the purview of, of the oversight because federal money is being used here. He can tell the story. But ask yourself this. Would the Republicans want to drag that out and make more of a case of it if it were a strong case against trump no the answer is no, no. no. you want to you want to do what the democrats are doing right now and you want to turn turn around and, and walk away you want to not address it if this were a strong case against trump you cut ties you sever yourself from the former president you move on and when you uh when when you look at uh what i believe is going on right now in democrat heads is the fact that when you look at everything, because there's this case, there's the case in Georgia, remember, with the insane grand jury for 
person yeah. who completely destroyed any credibility in that case mm-hmm. because of what she did, and nothing has come forth from that. Right. Uh, we've noticed nothing has come forth from that. Uh, again, do they have something? As we've always said, we don't know. Uh, it might be a stronger case uh, than than uh, Bragg's case, but Bragg's case has nothing. So anything would be stronger. And and so then you go from uh, that. There's nothing on January 6th. There's nothing on January. I mean, that's blown up. So the one thing that they had that they thought they had the advantage was, okay, what we got from Trump uh, on the classified documents was he attempted to obstruct justice. There were things that he did there. And uh, and and so they went, this is where they can get Trump, Trump on the classified documents where they can't get uh, where they can't get Biden is because there was obstruction of justice. Mm-hmm. Now, with Comer coming forward and saying, hey, you know, this thing that we have, you know, the the assistant to Biden after he was vice president who said these documents were all over the place. Yeah. And then they took them. They were in three different areas. And then they took them by personal vehicle to the Penn Biden Center where they weren't locked down. And then you found out that one of the special counsels to the pre- not spe- one of the counsels to the president knew about this back in May. This just didn't appear in November. They right. knew about it back in right. in 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 May, and then with the classified uh, Comer claiming that the concern he has is one of the documents that Hunter Biden shared with one of the Chinese companies actually was part of the trove of documents that were found, the classified documents at Biden's residence. Well, then that takes the ability to prosecute Trump out of it. And and so this is so bad that anything that leads forward, the public is, you know, okay, we are highly doubtful of this prosecution, highly doubtful of this prosecution, highly doubtful of this prosecution. But where does it lead? We know this. The reason that Democrats want Trump to be the nominee is because they believe they can beat him but there's a very important reason. They know that if tr- they believe that if Trump runs, no one will be talking about the issues. Yeah. By indicting right. Trump, what they're hoping is, and this is the interesting thing. They ind- the indictment was so bad where Democrats were hoping that the primary debates that start uh, in August or September, I forgot when the first primary debate is, uh, that well, all the only questions would be about whether you agree with Trump or not. That's not an issue now. Mm. The indictment is so bad, nobody's going to be talking about it. And yeah. and and even if it's a liberal, uh, you know, a, a liberal uh, uh, host or moderator of a debate, they bring it up. They go, "There's nothing there." The Democrats are you actually don't want to bring that up this indictment because it's so bad. So they've they've lost that. The, the thing with the Democrats is, is that they can't win on any major issue. The problem with Republicans, they have been politically impotent in marketing something that is extremely easy to market to the American people over the last five years. The Democrats are insane and we're not, but doing it in a way which you go through every single issue, uh, you see, for example... And this is the pro- this is a problem for the Democrats. They view it as a victory. You saw the victory in the Supreme Court of Wisconsin mm. for the left. We saw that uh, Brandon Johnson 
uh, you know, got elected in Chicago. Let's go, Brandon. Let's mm-hmm. go, Chicago. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, we, we, we saw that. And you have to sit and wonder how long, and we asked this on yesterday's show, how long will Democrats keep voting against their own best self-interest? We're still seeing it in Chicago. Yeah. We're still seeing it. Uh, on every major issue, the Democrats can't win. That's why they want Trump. They are scared to death. They're just trying to extend it out. I just saw here, look at this. Mayor's Coalition has big plans to take reparations movement national. Moving that needle that all the Democratic cities are going to do it, you know, are, are, are going to come up with some form of insane reparation because one city has to beat another city, right? Mm-hmm. Five million, seven million, eight million, ten million. And as I said during over the last week, the Democrats, uh, and this is pure liberalism, let us promote something that is impossible. We can't do it, but if we promote something that is impossible, we are on a higher level of morality from the person who is promoting something that is impossible because we're promoting something that is impossible, can't be done, I'm better than you. All part of the virtue signaling of Democrats. Yeah, we care so much we're right. going to do we're going to do the impossible. Right. We we will do something that actually will destroy society and so that shows that we care about you. If you explain it, you can win every single major issue against the uh, against the Democrats. Democrats know that and that's why they want to focus on anything else. But as you can see here, they are pushing reparations. They are still pushing. They're not dying down on the liberal transgender activist movement. They want to have a discussion on it. Well, Republicans have to have a discussion on it. And yeah. and Republicans, major Republicans need to come out and like, like DeSantis and hit it head on. Trump is eventually going to have to talk about an issue. Yeah. Sure. It can't be grievance all, right. all, all the time. You have to get specific on the issues and and explain to people not just in meme form and not just in rhetorical form but get down and dirty into the minutia and defeat them on every single major issue the other thing is we talked about DeSantis or not excuse me not DeSantis but the Newsom going to Florida and the possibility mm-hmm. i i just in my mind i think he's going to run he's going to run because that's why he's making noise right now he's going to try to compare California as the nirvana that America should want. That's mm-hmm. going to be very tough to do unless Republicans are, again, horrible in marketing and debating back on him. I don't think DeSantis will be because that's one of DeSantis' strong points, and I think he came to the realization that he can run for president because Republicans can't explain and have been not able to explain slam-dunk issues where they could win and he can, and I think he knows, and the people that support DeSantis know that that's his strong point. He can debate, he can argue outside of the normal, just rhetorical meme type of debate that we become used to. Yeah, he can get down right. and dirty into the minutia and 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 uh, and and win it. And so, the other problem is, is we've gotten to the point of running out of money, and nobody really talks about this much. We've run out of money. Anything the Democrats do now will increase inflation. We've seen inflation now. Uh, you've got now 500,000 people over the last two years moving out of, from 2020 uh, to 2022, moving out of California. Mm-hmm. You had uh, in Washington State, 
uh, that big company when Washington State, when the Supreme Court uh, here uh, in the last week came out and said, oh, uh, capital gains is not an income tax because they don't have an income tax Mm -hmm. in in, uh, Washington. Well, uh, the Supreme Court came out and redefined and said, oh, okay, capital gains isn't an income tax. It's an excise tax. Mm -hmm. And as the response to that was from the, the one judge, who was vehement and said, of course it's an income tax. Because the next thing you can say is that the personal income tax is simply a sales tax on your labor. Right. So, so the Democrats are changing definitions. They want it, They have to tax more. You're seeing the problem in there. You're seeing the movement to blue states. Oh, and when they did that, you had this one company, investment company, I think it was Fisher Investments, 4,600 employoes were gone. Mm-hmm. We're going to Texas. Bye. Yeah. Yeah, there's, there's no choice. And so you're getting you to You can't the, afford to stay. You're getting to the point where the economics of liberal socialism isn't working. Companies recognize that. You're going to have movement. You're going to have budget problems in, in those particular uh, states. And so I do think what they're hoping is that, okay, we if we can get somebody in there, we can get somebody, we got to get Newsom can portray himself as a moderate. I don't know whether he can or not, but I think that's the hope. Hmm. As a reasonable person, and then we can get in, and our only hope is to socialize the entire country because otherwise the red states are economically going to become a juggernaut and the blue states are going to fall behind because we've run out of money to spend. But the problem is with the federal government, they can't spend the money anymore. You can't. You're to that point where debt is so great, where you're just going to make the problem worse and worse and worse and worse. So it's going to be states against states. Yeah, um, that that battle is very real. It's already underway. And Newsom knew this years ago with Texas when he was lieutenant governor of California. And he made that trip to Texas to see. What magic they were using exactly to draw corporations? What is it about Texas? Why, why what are we drawing on? it? Why are we drawing it here? It's a very simple equation. He didn't learn anything, did he, from no, he that didn't. trip? Did he? No, he didn't. Now, now he couldn't come because they boycott Texas. Yeah, exactly. They, they <laughs> and and those things are very real. And if you're a governor in a blue state, you're going to keep watching people walk away. It happened to Cuomo. It's happening to Newsom. And it's going to happen over and over. It's happening to Hochul, of course, too. It's it's going to happen over and over again in those blue states because corporations and people reach a point where they can't afford to stay. And there's the difference. If your career is not going to, you know, bring you enough to rise above cost of living, then there's no way you can stay as an individual for corporations that's a very simple sum. That's a very simple game. You sink or swim. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Hardy, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. Uh, to me, the messaging for Republicans for the future, because this is looking at the big picture, should be so simple. I mean, you, you take the, you know, the just the, the Trump indictment out of it, but you simply say, hey, we're the Republican Party. 
Look at the inflation. Mm-hmm. This is what des- debt does. You know you can't do it in your family, you, and you can't do it. The government can't do it either. So there are things we're going to have to do to be uh, responsible. But when you look at our party and you look at their party, when you look at critical race theory, judging people by groups instead of individuals, we just believe that's wrong as a party. Look, we have sympathy for anybody because we don't know what goes through people's minds, and we know that in the transgender community uh, – and, and I'm using the one Berkeley professor, 25% or a great uh, deal uh, more people that are, you know, that believe they're transgender commit suicide. That's a legit health concern. But we cannot say that a biological male is a female. You know, that's just ridiculous. That's going too far. And we all know that males should not be competing with females on the border. We all know what's going on at the border. We don't know why the Democrats are doing this. Why would they possibly not want to make the border uh, secure? Why are they doing this to, you know, uh, creating this chaos uh, on these border cities, which is now, as you know, gone to the rest of the, uh, the population on energy? Look, nobody wants to pollute, but we have to be able to run this society. And Democrats believe we can run it on solar and wind. We all know that's impossible. We can't mm. do it. We're going to need much more energy for the future. And we don't believe, look, we're all for research and development, but we don't believe that we should pr- be promoting technologies that aren't ready to go yet. These are all reasonable things right there. That's it. You tell me who's going to listen, who think who's going to listen to that and think you're a radical. Well, no, that's, this is the problem is that the left has become so radical and so loud in their radical behavior, that Lightfoot wasn't radical enough. Yeah. Yep. Bring in Brandon. Brandon. Oh, and then, oh, defund the police. I forgot about defund the police. Defund the police. They didn't even have defund the police. I got to add that in there. Yes. And which has a very real effect that we're seeing now, and it was inevitable that that effect was going to be in play. Um, All of these things where the left is not resolving anything. They're making it worse. Tell me where they're making things better. No, no, but that, and that's what you tag on to the end. You throw, to fund the police, you go, everything that they seem to be doing, and we don't know why. It, it baffles us. Why would you elect us to make your life harder? Right. And everything they seem to be doing seems to be wanting to make people's lives harder and actually helping to destroy our society. And so we frankly don't understand and, and you know, and can't understand, but what we'll tell you is this is what we are about well what i just said there has about 70 percent approval rating throughout the public if you don't include trump's name in it mm-hmm. yeah yeah probably 70 to 75 percent of people if you keep the politics out of it and just do the issue of it maybe not even the politics just trump out of it you have landslide numbers that's what you focus on with republicans and you pound it you know what the path is why can't you get there effectively? It's, it's is a question to Republicans. The path is already built right. for you. It's laid out in front of you. All you have to do is walk down that path. Smart speakers say, play Red Eye Radio and 
If you're really nice, she might. Red Eye Radio. And I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley, 866-90-RED-EYE. So, yeah, I mean, you've been gone so long. Seriously, it seems to me like you've been gone six months. That's how much. Yeah, it feels like two weeks. I was gone a total of six days, but yeah. That's how much news, that's how much news in my mind happened. And that's why I'm just thinking when you're back, it's like, okay, let's just look at the big picture again. Where are we right now? And we do that quite often. You know, what, when you look at, you know, where the country is going and and how we get there with Republicans and Democrats, what's the the best move? But I just, uh, there in a, in a very calm voice laid out how you can win in probably less than 90 seconds. I did that, didn't I? Mm -hmm. In 90 seconds, you can lay out all the issues and and why people should vote Republican. And what I did there was what I believe is the DeSantis model, which is you explain to people and you do it in 90 seconds or less. And on the issues, you can actually do it. And that's what I was doing there, that you take the four, five, six issues, then talk about what you're for. Do it in that particular voice because one of the things right now, you know, you and I talk about those other parties. What was it? The No Labels Party. Uh, what's the other one? The uh, Forward Party. The Forward Party and everything else. Mm-hmm. But they don't talk about anything. I really think. I don't know whether you use these words or not, but I think the Republican Party uh, should rebrand themselves. And the message should be, I don't know whether you use these words, we're the reasonable and common sense solution party mm-hmm. we're about reasonable solutions and common sense and there isn't any issue because i went through every issue in my head even guns and and abortion there isn't any one of those that i cannot argue as being reasonable and common sense mm-hmm. not one you know and and you know solution oriented we want solutions we are reasonable and we're about common sense that's what you sell because right now, I mean, you see it. I mean, even the, the forward party, there's the right wing and there's the left wing. It's like, okay, but what are you about? Explain the issues and do it as quickly as possible. And, and, and I would say, too, that I think Governor DeSantis, frankly, has used the red-eye model. Uh, one thing that he has done very effectively is to not engage. And those are the things that are very critical in the moments that are very critical whether you're standing before the media uh, at a press conference or on a debate stage, you control the conversation. You control the conversation every single time. And he does that very, very well. No, you're right. Well. No. And those are the things that you have to do because it doesn't matter. Look, you know, they, they you're not answering the question. Really? Kareem Jean-Pierre. Three words. That's all I got. Kareem Jean-Pierre. This is anybody that wants to get into this, that's the old Republican playbook. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't answer your question. I guess I'll engage for 10 minutes. No. It's very simple. You control the conversation when your mic is open. On a debate stage, in front of the media, anywhere. You control it. Nobody else does. You don't fall for the trap. You shut them down and you move on in the in the direction you want to move in, full stop. You know, we can get passionate on the, the, the show and, and people get passionate all the time because they're infuriated where government is going. And that's justifiable. But if you truly want to change it, 
Can you change it by being angry all the time? Or do you walk right into the trap of being viewed as radical because of the tone of your voice? I'm not saying, because believe me, everybody knows that if, once in a great while, I've lost it on the radio. In a blue moon. But, but you know, our job is our job is different than what a political party's job is. Uh-huh. A political party's job is to win and and you win uh, and 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 continue to winning and convince people that haven't given you a chance to give you a chance whether you know you and I present in a certain way other talk show hosts present in other ways uh you know you've got DeSantis out there you've got Trump out there with Trump a lot of things have been loud mm-hmm. but for the most part 90% of what 95% of what DeSantis supports, maybe even between 95 and 99% of what DeSantis supports, Trump supports. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. So there really is no, ideologically, there really is no Trump camp versus DeSantis camp. There may be a personality camp. There may be a, all right, a tribal who do we want to win camp? But the ideology of the Republican Party on all those major issues is really the exact same. And and to show, I want to give an example here to show you this is the this is the uh, uh, the Democrats uh, the North Carolina State Representative Trisha Cotham who switched parties. Mm-hmm. And and this is you know, this, we could have wrote this for her. Mm-hmm. It could have been because this is. This is why she switched, which everybody knows is a Republican Party. Here's how she markets why she's becoming a Republican. Modern-day Democratic Party has become unrecognizable to me and to so many others throughout this state and this country. The party wants to villainize anyone who has free thought, free judgment, has solutions, who wants to get to work to better our state, not just sit in a meeting and have a workshop after a workshop, but really work with individuals to get things done because that's what real public servants do. If you don't do exactly what the Democrats want you to do, they will try to bully you. They will try to cast you aside. Everybody knows that's the case yep. right now. I mean, you, yep. you 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 see that with the Democratic Party. So how do you fight that? Do you fight that, you know, do you fight that screaming or do you fight that by saying, look, we're the reasonable and common sense party. Here's what we're about. That's the one thing that, you know, DeSantis actually has has done. There are a significant portion of people that believe or maybe they haven't thought about it that the if we scream louder, it will be effective. I'll tell you this. That I, that I saw yesterday and I just I'm always thinking about, you know, how conservatives can win in a broader sense. And sometimes you can look at at somebody like, for example, Kevin McCarthy. And there's a, been a lot of, you know, McCarthy, you mm-hmm, know, we, mm-hmm. we want the person that's going to be screaming to do something. Mm-hmm. Was that what that that may that may reinforce and uh, make you as already somebody who was converted, feel good because the passion is there. But how do you convince other people? I saw McCarthy yesterday talking about Taiwan. 
yeah. and they they were asking a question about the French president talking to China. Mm-hmm. Like, how is he going to answer it? He's really found a. I will say this: he's found a style of just explaining. He goes, "Well, look, the French president is talking. We wish to talk to everybody. If the fresh French president wishes to talk, talk is a good thing. Having lines of communication." Open is a good thing. And he said it in a very common, rational way. Now, I love Jim Jordan. And I think Jim Jordan is going after a ton of good stuff. But watching him the last couple of weeks, he has an incredibly manic style. If you see him, and I'm like, you can do it in a different way. I don't think he can because that's his personality. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, is that the best way to market it? Because the thing is, we all agree. We all agree on 95% of the issues. It's how do you market it? And I know there's probably people rolling their eyes because you and I have stated this for the longest time with our criticism of Trump not being able to communicate effectively. In fact, mm-hmm. yesterday I was talking to my dad mm-hmm. and he said, well, what do you think Trump's going to do? And I go, you know, there's part of me that says everything has gone Trump's way over the last, you know, the the indictment. But since he was indicted, after he was indicted mm. and, and the, the court case, everything has gone his way. I'm expecting him to politically cut his own throat in the next day or two and take all the goodwill and sympathy and blow it up because he's done it so many times in the past. Well, it's not that I don't agree with Trump on Probably with, you know, because I don't know where a lot of where I still don't know, for example, what Trump thinks on trade. Right. For example, I mean, he did. He He promoted certain things and did other things. Right. But right. But so the way he ended up, I agree with more than what he stated he wished to do. uh, But still, I probably agree with Trump on 80 percent, which was a huge improvement from other presidents. It might have been might have been 60 percent. Right. Yeah. But it's Trump's communication skills. So the fact is we all sort of agree on the same stuff. The only debate is how do we do it and you know and and then the tribalism gets involved in there based on personalities and whatever. I mean when the Trump people come out and say uh DeSantis is the worst and he's a rhino and he's a, everybody knows that's a load of horse manure. Mm-hmm. Everybody does. People look at him and go, "No, he's a he's a he's a conservative and he's a pretty good conservative." Mm-hmm. And and we know that, but we get we get tribal in our own thing, but that happens in every political party when you get to this particular point. But that is that is the thing. It's, it's never changed since you and I have worked together, has it, what we believe the most important thing for Republicans uh, 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 is to do, which is communicate effectively. Because well, and that's it. And the, the problem, too, is that willingness to engage on far too many issues, and it seems like they walk right into it, and the, the media knows that they will. Look, um, we talked about it in the debate of 2020. You had Chris Wallace lie in setting up the question that was aimed at Biden. And, you know, it was, and and he he had to lie about, you know, the quote um, that, that, uh, that Trump had and didn't tell the entire quote. And we said, no, that's where the next time your mic is open, you stop. And you say, Chris, you just lied to the American people in that question. Read the entire quote from that day. From Charlottesville, read the entire quote from that day. 
And, you know, those are the things you have to do to to maintain control of the conversation in order to get the message out. But but it starts with a very basic message and something the Democrats had been effective in up until now was promising the world. Right. Mm -hmm. What are you going to do for me? Here's what we're going to do for you. And it was taken to a whole new level with hope and change. Hope and change was a blank canvas for everyone. Well, my version of hope and change is this and this and this and this. You don't get specific. You don't want to get specific. Politically, it was this big, big, big promise of everything and nothing at the same time. Only the Democrats could have pulled that off. They can't do that anymore. Yeah, because we, we now know, I mean, I think that probably people are saying maybe government can't do anything and that's can't do everything. And that's a good thing. Right. Maybe I have to do for my maybe the problem is the government. Right. Yeah. Maybe I have to do for myself. So, I mean, so, but I'm looking at personalities as I mentioned, you know, Jim Jordan, I mean, he gets very manic up there. Mm. And and again, I I don't disagree with anything that he's doing, but it's like, what is the style to win and style? You need substance, but you also have to be able to effectively communicate that substance, not to the converted, but for the people that are saying, I'm not sure where to go here. And that's where you throw out. That's the difference. That's you're talking that, to somebody that is never, right. has never been on your side. Right. And, and, and your, and tone will matter. And well, it, it worked for DeSantis. Now, mm-hmm. Trump, it worked. His communication style worked. For a short span of time in 2015, 2016, but you have to understand, as we stated, once you win there, then you become the establishment, you become the leader, yeah. and the leader is different than the outsider. And one of my concerns has always been with Trump is he always views himself as the outsider and that the base is everything, and it's not. You've got to continue to, as you said. You always have to believe that you're 20 points behind, and that's mm-hmm. how you run. Right. So what you have to do is not that you have to change what you believe, but you have to explain to people who may not, who may be uncertain as to where they be, as to what they believe, which is a ton of independence, and explain to them we are the reasonable and we are the common sense party, and that's why you should vote for me, mm-hmm. and that is a different style then always the world's on fire, you know, we're doomed. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it's, it's, it I has, mean, we are doomed. <laughs> right. But but sometimes you, you got to tone right. it down. But, but your job as a political party is to convert people. You don't need to change what you believe to get them. You just tell them, you set the label, this is what we're about, and here's why we're reasonable, and here's why we're common sense. Mm-hmm. 866-90-RED-EYE. Get in touch with Red Eye Radio, toll free at 866-90-RED-EYE. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Carly, and I'm Gary McNamara. All right, a ton of other stuff happening, and... We'll get to all of it. Elon Musk having some fun. Uh huh. That more on the way. This is Red Eye Radio on Westwood One. 
It's Red Eye Radio. Gary McNamara and Eric Harley talk about everything from politics to social issues and news of the day. Whether you're up late or you're just starting your day, welcome to the show from the Uniden America Studios. This is Red Eye Radio. All across America and around the world, 86690-RED-EYE. I'm Gary McNamara. He's Eric Harley. Download our Red Eye Radio app today. Listen when and where you want if you can't listen live overnight. Eric is uh, back uh, with half a vocal cord tied behind his back. That's right. But he's uh, here and uh, and ready to go. Other news, just uh, economic news. Uh, and the funny thing is, every day was... Every day when you were gone was like a blur. So hmm. I've uh, when you were gone when uh, the Saudis and OPEC Plus decided to limit, yeah, uh, or, or to cut back on production right, right away, right. yeah, right. right. So I, I wasn't sure if we had talked about this. Uh, oh, because it was Sunday, yeah. So Sunday, uh, OPEC Plus announced a production cut of one point one six million barrels. Just looking at this CNBC article here, these are the countries that will be hit most. Hmm. If oil reaches $100 a barrel, countries that heavily rely on oil imports, they go India, Japan, South Korea, um, is uh, is three of the countries that they were uh, 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 talking about there. Mm-hmm. But it's um, when you look at, uh, of course, the United States, uh, you know, <laughs> we're just going to have to pay higher prices. Already, uh, I was I saw 340 so from the from the um lowest point at the end of January, so we're about two months later now, I believe it was end of January, early February, when we got down to like two forty nine a gallon, so we're almost a dollar above where we were then, and I believe it's going to continue to go up as we get as we go through April, the special blends the the summer driving season. And again, though, how will inflation affect the dr- summer driving season? I don't know. Mm. Nope. Yeah. Um, interesting point that Russia technically is still part of OPEC+. Plus. <laughs> so when you look at it, uh, you know, it doesn't have to be the follow-through with OPEC or OPEC+. Plus. It's just the saying we're going to cut back. Because quite yeah. often uh, with OPEC, there's been a long history of promising a cutback or whatever, any kind of change in production, and then not following through. It's But it's the threat they know that drives the price. And that's a big driver. And then you start measuring inventory levels, and, and that's where it you know, might, yeah. might uh, level out or keep going up depending on what the levels are. If those levels don't change then that's one thing. But if they do change on the downside, then you start to see the rise in those prices. And then, of course, they're going to change uh, as we get into summer driving season. We are going to be driving more. Are we going to be driving as much as we drove uh, last summer or the summer before or if you want to compare it to 2019 pre-COVID or whatever? Um, that's one thing. But there is no doubt that it ramps up this time of year. There's... That's just going to happen. We just get out more. And so you uh, you look at that. I'm, or two different stories here. This from Market Watch. Um, you have uh, here. We are going to see parts of the economy uh, uh, break. Recession fears move back to the forefront of the uh, markets. And the headline, and then the first sentence: Investors are reconsidering 
the risk that the U.S. economy could be about to tip into a recession Mm -hmm. following fresh evidence that the red-hot labor market is finally loosening up. On Wednesday, data showed that uh, the private sector added fewer than expected 145,000 jobs in March. This uh, came a day after the Labor Department announced job openings fell to a 21-month low of 9.9 million for February, down from a revised 10.6 million the prior month. Uh, And the the fact is it's not that those jobs are all filled. It's that they disappeared. Yeah. They were there. And then it's like, okay, we're not, we're not going to, we're not going to hire the pair of reports that investors flocking to the safety of treasury bills and reignited recession fears that left gold prices near uh, a record uh, high. You have that one. And then you have, uh, the collapse uh, of the rental market. Mm. U.S. rental market is just around the corner. Some real estate experts warn rental prices finally dropped to pre-pandemic levels last month after millions of Americans struggling to keep up with skyrocketing housing costs uh, since the start of the pandemic. In a series of recent tweets, Neil Gurley, the CEO and founder of Revenue Consulting, predicted that the rental apartment market may face a downturn. One of the primary reasons for the potential bust is the increase in the supply of rental properties is due to a recent surge in construction, which has led to a greater supply uh, for renters. The housing shortages caused by the pandemic combined with fewer affordable homes to purchase pushed many Americans into the rental market, leading builders to go on a multifamily unit housing boom. Mm. Apartment builders are going crazy right now. 1.1 million apartment units currently in construction permitting. 60% 60% higher than pre-pandemic levels. Interesting. Double the peak set in the 2007 bubble. Mm. Bad news for real estate investors means lower rents are coming. Yeah. Well, um, but I, I doubt mm. for places like North Texas where we are. There are certain places, but. Well, because the, the question is, uh, is, is there a supply is there a uh, a healthy supply of renters in that marketplace? And the answer for North Texas is right now, yes. Yes. Even though new builds, uh, new permits drop dramatically in part in part of North Texas, parts of North Texas, those were, I believe, primarily single family homes, not apartment buildings. Um, it, it's honestly. Every it seems like every time I get on the freeway, I notice a new apartment I building know. somewhere. Oh, it's like oh. that wasn't there ten minutes ago. Well, I was I, I. You know, you take someone to the airport and you come back and it's like, wait a minute. In the time that I went to the airport and back, they put something up. It seems like it's going up that fast, and it's uh, well, um, it's in insane. The seven or eight years we've been in this building. there were two buildings two apartment buildings out behind us and there were no houses between here and it was about what is it about uh two miles maybe west yeah it's nothing but houses and it's crazy watching that happen yeah it's because uh and, and even the one the apartment complex behind us was not here uh, it was being built. It was being it built. Was not yeah. complete. Right. It was not complete. Now yeah. the one. Yeah, it wasn't the other, the other. The other one to the right. east of. Uh, well, the north, uh, southeast of us. Right. That that yeah. was 
that was there. But that yeah, had, and it's the same owners. Right, it's, they were right. building, but that had just on. been completed mm-hmm. when we came here. Remember, yeah, it was it was populated, and, um, but it was growing with that yeah. population was growing and filling in, which is what really uh, and, drove the the new development uh, next to it. And just so people know, I mean, we're not in some fancy sky, you know. Uh, you know, uh, high rise mm-hmm. with beautiful, you know, glass part. This isn't like watching uh, 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 the uh, remember the movie ba- that was based in uh, Dallas. Remember talk radio. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Remember that. Right. In the skyscraper with mm-hmm. no, no, no. We're in, we were in, and now I don't know. I don't know if we can call it an industrial park anymore. Um, because no, we really, because we've got, <laughs> I mean, still, yeah. We've got the church uh, across the street. Depending the, on which direction you go. Yeah. We've got the church across the street. I mm-hmm. mean, it's like they're building the the apartments that or the, the townhouses over there that you and I look at yeah. and go, who the hell would want to live there? I mean, mm-hmm. who's designing those things? And and uh, But yeah. it, it, all of a sudden, this has become where we are, which I remember how dark it used to be when I used to come here. Yeah. Because it was all just industrial park and all, it was completely dark. I remember pulling up to these studios because we used to be in the beautiful ABC studios. And I'm like, what is this? This yeah. is an industrial park. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I, I, I followed a pack of uh, coyotes uh, the other night after uh, we got out uh, of here. I saw a pack of coyotes, decided to follow them. They were walking up to their apartments, swiping their security cards. <laughs> it's crazy. Well, I mean, it's but the the how this has become so residential in a matter of five years is mm-hmm. is really in, and same with me when because uh the the part of the tollway the uh by the way to everybody uh all of my uh liberal friends the george bush tollway mm-hmm. um the yeah <laughs> which by the way goes under the reagan expressway mm-hmm. uh but uh, when, yeah. so, far beneath <laughs> <laughs> It's far, far lower <laughs> there, as there, freeways right, and, and tollways the, right, go. Right, the, the Reagan Expressway is far the, above far the George above. Bush. <laughs> the Bush <laughs> and it te- And it really is because it's way, yeah, it's way it above. Is, right. yeah. uh, uh, but uh, it's only been done probably s- my new section about six years. Mm-hmm. Oh, unbelievable, the development. And I can't, I'm like you. I'm like, what's that building there? Now... I can sit there and say it's an apartment, and eighty percent of the time I'll be right when they start the construction. I mean, there are just so many apartments being built around where we're, and even on the peninsula that I live, that's very limited development. They've built a ton of apartments, and now they've got a brand new mm-hmm. apartment thing. And they still the one thing I'm looking at though, because the apartments are going to be built, but there's a new subdivision which probably is the limit of where they can do near me. Uh, but this probably is another 200 homes, and every day, almost every day I drive through there because the roads are all there, the lots are all there, and I'm waiting for the first construction, mm-hmm. and so far I haven't seen it yet. Now, I don't know if they're ready yet, if the official go is in, because they just opened the roads about three weeks ago, but I'm really curious to see if there's going to be active building you know, right there in a new subdivision that probably mm, about 10 streets, maybe 200 homes. All right. Yeah, and I do know that the market is changing north of here. I have a family member, uh, and they were shocked that their rent did not go up on their renewal. Wow. And I was pretty shocked by that. Well, my uh, I can't believe the amount. Now, it's off Zillow, but 
still my house skyrocketed in value last mm-hmm. month. Yeah. And I was like, whoa, what, where did this come from? Yeah. So, I mean, it went up and my house went up over like a percent and a half in one month. Yeah, that's about the the rate that mine has increased. And it's just, you know, it, I think it also gets down to because when we see uh, fuel prices the way they are and inflation hitting, then you see people come back toward the center of a metroplex. They don't want to commute as far. That's the tendency mm-hmm. and has been for a long time. It actually affected my purchase the last time I bought a house in 2004 and uh so and and i stayed in the same neighborhood i mean i live a little ways out i mm-hmm. mean if you if if you if you work in downtown fort worth or downtown mm-hmm. dallas it's still a 20 to 25 mile drive yeah each way yeah. if you live downtown but but it's I'm, crazy I, but i'm very close to massive suburbia where there's yeah where there's a lot of uh you know i'm, I'm not that far from uh you know the stadium and all that stuff right. you know so i'm in the middle of or I'm on the edge of, you know, the I'm at the edge of the, right at the edge of the Metroplex. But again, no, nobody. I'm more south. Everybody develops north. Yeah, south, I can't. Right. I've always. I'm shocked by that. I'm just always shocked by how little development is south of Dallas and, and you know Dallas and the suburbs there, and how it just goes, you know, sixty, seventy miles north. Yeah, uh, it, it is. It's really been crazy. I think we're starting to see some of that build out. Between here and well, I don't, I don't know how far it goes, but in the south and southwest of the Metroplex, um, we have some land in that area, and watching that growth has been kind of interesting. It's, but people have different considerations now, uh, and I don't know how in major metro areas people are going to you know, afford to to live. Infl- we're not going to see a massive deflation. At any point in the near future, that's not going to happen. We may see inflation get down to 2%. That is not deflation. Oh, you want to know the cities that have mm. the largest population growth? Mm. The, the metro area cities will have that coming up next. All right. Eight six six ninety red eye Hi, I'm Jen Loomis, a transport safety expert at J.J. Keller. And I'm here to share a tip on compliance, safety, accountability. To determine a driver's compliance, safety, accountability, or CSA score, Safety event data is recorded and compared against that of other drivers. Drivers are given a CSA score, but unlike motor carrier scores, driver scores are only visible to enforcement officers during an audit. However, drivers' most recent five years of crash data and three years of roadside inspection data is made available to potential employers via the pre-employment screening program. So it's a good idea for drivers to review their online PSP record from time to time. A request for data review can be submitted via data cues to have errors corrected or to have a non-preventable crash designation indicated for a crash. In the event a current or previous carrier is audited, records on drivers with high CSA scores will be targeted first, but individual drivers are not subject to CSA interventions like motor carriers. This tip was brought to you by J.J. Keller & Associates. Visit us at jjkeller.com. We'll be right back with more Red Eye Radio with Eric Harley and Gary McNamara.
It's Hot Radio. He is Eric Carlin. I'm Gary McNamara. So uh, here we go. The largest population growth of metro areas from 2020 to 2022. Okay. Number 10. Uh-huh. Number 10 down. Right. Raleigh, North Carolina mm. is number mm. 10. Okay. 66,000. Mm. Orlando, number 9, plus 83,000. San Antonio, plus 86,000. Mm. Charlotte, North Carolina, 87,000. Tampa, 103,000 net mm. population growth. Atlanta, 118,000. Austin, Texas, 121,000. Phoenix, 146,000. Mm. That's in two years. That's additional population just to the city. Houston, 199,000. And number one, mm. we win again. Mm-hmm. They, it's been that way though for what twenty? It's been that way for since I've been here twenty three years. Uh, Dallas, Fort Worth, Metroplex, almost three hundred thousand, two hundred seventy seven thousand uh, additional people here. Which does you know that that you know people say well that's a lot. It's been that way really for the last twenty three years consistently. That type of yeah now uh, uh, in you know increase now. The, uh, well, that would be the largest population growth, not just people moving here. So, I mean, that would include babies and, you know, and, and all yeah, that. Right, but yeah. uh, but uh, the the top 10, as you uh, look at it, uh, all in uh, states that are what? Low tax states. And, you know, except for Georgia, you could say purple or whatever. Yeah. But, but still more conservative states. Uh, Georgia would be the only uh, one, but everything else would be basically a you know, a uh, more conservative state, but uh, not not surprising. I mean, it's it's uh, people go, people are going to go. And as the economy gets tighter, and that's the thing that I look at, because I've been doing this a long time and we've always known, okay, there's plenty of labor out there and everything, even though we've had problems before, economically speaking, you look at now, you look at the economy now, and this is what you and I were just talking about, the economy in general, and I see more problems now and more challenges than I've ever seen before. I've never yeah. seen yeah. I've never seen the challenges that we face, which again are self inflicted. Every challenge we face is self inflicted. Yep. It's the mindset of what the people want. And I think you were here when we brought it up. I think you were here when we brought it up. Uh, the um, uh, why we'll never balance the budget. Mm-hmm. That what the people want, even Republicans, because the vast majority of people believe all we need to do is cut foreign aid and boom, uh, we can balance the budget. Yeah. yeah. And and yeah. so people believe that all we should cut is foreign aid. Every single other major thing which is causing the budget bust, even Republicans, a majority believe we should put more money in there as a federal government. Right. It's like, that's why we're never going to balance it's the budget. It's never going to happen. Right. Listening to Red Eye Radio from the Uniden America Studios. 
And he's Eric Carley, and I'm Gary McNamara, 866-90-RED-EYE. I'm sorry, I'm talking in the wrong way. Yeah, what? 866-90-RED-EYE. Yeah. We are right near Ray's Creek, and it looks like... Is it golf okay. time? Yeah, it's Masters time. It's Masters it's time. It's the Masters, yes. Is it Masters this weekend? The Masters starts today. In just a couple of hours. Easter they'll be, weekend. They'll be teeing off, yes, from wow. Augusta Country Club. Wow. Yep. The azaleas will be in full bloom if the storm's coming in this weekend. Right. Uh, don't uh, blow <laughs> all the leaves off. Now, what happens if they put an Easter egg into the hole? <laughs> well, yeah. If you get kicked off the course, it is Augusta. They, they do oh, have. There is that. Re, re, they have rules. Remember. Mm. Now, what do you call what? What? What is the label of the people that are there watching the golf tournament? They are not the crowd. The spectators. They are not the spectators. They are not the gallery. Audience. They are not the audience. Work release program. <laughs> <laughs> the rich elite they are not the rich elite <laughs> plebes yeah <laughs> patrons oh patrons everybody is a patron and you must say patron but you know what happens what? if you don't say patron uh they is there will a rule if if Punishment? you yeah they will they will force the network to uh to warn you and if you don't call a patron you could lose you know you may lose the masters the next year as as a network everybody abides by it i remember a couple of years ago somebody didn't and cbs felt the pressure you can't say the peeps you can't say the peeps no there's tiger on, with his peeps on <laughs> on lookers <laughs> looky lose <laughs> But I was you know, the the funny thing is I I thought about this because one of the things we had talked about earlier in the show is you know where we are right now we do this every couple of weeks say okay looking forward you know wh- what's the Republican advantage uh, what's what are the Republicans doing wrong what are the Democrats you know what are the Democrats what's their what's their their political plan and one of the things that we were talking about is look it's never been better to the Republican Party and where they stand on the issues could portray themselves as the reasonable, common-sense party that gets things done. That's what we wish to do. Mm-hmm. And I, we went through in just 90 seconds how you could do that. And, you know, it wasn't an excite, It wasn't an exciting, here's what we can do. It was like in that, look, we're reasonable, we're common-sense. When you're reasonable, you talk. Right. You know, we talk like this. And we said that's part of the DeSantis model. But it was funny because I was thinking about that yesterday as I'm always trying to reevaluate all right, where where should the party go that pushes more of my agenda than any other party? And that's the Republican Party. Mm-hmm. They don't always, but most of the time they do. By the way, I did finish my taxes the other day and did complain to my dad, those damn Republicans who raised my taxes a couple of years ago. Mm-hmm. Just had mm-hmm. to get that in because mm-hmm. the problem when the Republicans cut taxes was they said, well, the problem is Eric and Gary aren't paying enough. And therefore, my taxes went up under Republicans. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they said that verbatim. I could be, <laughs> I could be wrong about that. But you can't prove that nobody said it. So sometimes I disagree when the Republicans say they're cutting taxes, specifically last time. <laughs> yeah. Jerks. Uh, uh, but 
when I was when I was watching it, it was uh, I, I'm I'm sitting here just th- you know as I always do. I mean, I come up with weird ideas when I'm swimming, as as you know. Mm-hmm. I've talked about that before. I was like, oh, this political idea. I was swimming and bored out of my mind. I thought, what about this? Uh, but there I am watching the par three contest. Yes, I was watching a little sports yesterday. Mm-hmm. The par so they had this basically. It's a par three contest. It's in our short course, a par three course. Okay, and they play and and, and any Masters winner can play. So Gary Player was out there. Okay, Gary Player hits his ball and and puts it into the water, and all of a sudden I see the person you know dressed in the Masters outfit who was explaining to them. He's explaining to Gary Player where he has to hit his ball next. Who's doing it? Condoleezza Rice. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm like, no, 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 no. Wait a minute. We're wasting Wait a minute. We're wasting a huge talent on directing somebody of where to find the ball. It's Condoleezza Rice. What are you doing? Right. But, of course, she's a member of the uh, of, of Augusta Country Club. And I started, you know, thinking at that point as I was just, as I talked about before, where I think the Republicans should go, that, you know, because you had mentioned her a couple of weeks ago. I think you had mentioned her and said, mm-hmm. well, you know, if Republicans ever wanted to consider her. Yeah. But I thought of her as a perfect personality to promote reasonable and common, which is totally a conservative philosophy. Mm-hmm. But you're promoting is, you know, this is uh, this is, um, again, uh, common sense. Right. Reasonable. Right. And get the job done. I'm like, yeah, now she's never going to do it. And I started thinking that some of the people that I think are really uh, rising in the Republican Party, I've talked about Byron Donalds of uh, of Florida, mm-hmm. who I think is wonderful. But I saw her being interviewed the other day. And no, I'm not saying this because I thought when I was going, oh, she's really good, too. Uh, it just happens to be that all of their skin colors are black. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't looking at it from a point of, oh, the Republicans need uh more people with black skin to pr- promote their philosophy all i care about is who's being effective with me when i'm listening what i want to see from somebody to who would promote the reasonable common sense in the party that gets things done and again we i complimented her before but uh winsome sears the lieutenant governor of virginia yeah right and she's just i mean i, I sat there and went boy she's really good she She's our, she articulates the positions just like I think the Republican Party should do extremely strong conservatives. And all three of them have something in common in how they approach things. They don't engage. They have the ability to shut you down without sounding like they're trying to shut you down. Uh, they, uh, what you hear is conviction from all three of them. That's what the party requires, I believe. Uh, that's what you've seen from the governor of Florida. I think you, there are a handful of others. And I do say handful because it's, it's quite unfortunate. Look, Condoleezza Rice is one of those unicorns for a lot of us conservatives. Uh, is she, is, are any of them perfect? No. If, and I know a lot of people, you know, on social media, you know, um, are, are, uh, they would rather that DeSantis sit it out and let Trump basically win and, and all that. But even if DeSantis uh, sits it out and then he runs and eventually becomes president, we have said it as president, he's going to have bad days and he's going to, ha- he's going to make some bad moves. He's going to do a couple of things along the way. 
that you and I likely disagree with, and that's just the way it is. It's not when we say, you know, these are the individuals, it is what is the best fighting chance for the party to really show the American people what the party is about, what the values of the party are about, and how they benefit others. This is what I was alluding to earlier. Democrats have done this bang-up job over the years up until recently of convincing the American people why. Well, because we give you, give you, give you. But what is the long-term benefit? And that is expanding the economy where everybody benefits, expanding wealth of everyone, not just the rich, not, you know, not just one class. It's not just here or there. And, and, and there is no, and there's the thing, there is no class warfare, uh, or there shouldn't be, uh, in, you know, in that thought, if you're conveying it properly, it is about a country doing what we were founded on, and that is taking full advantage of liberties, taking full advantage of a free market system, taking full advantage of what should be a much smaller government and becoming the greatest nation in the world, which I still believe we are. And this is, you know, this is how Trump won, make America great again. That's that whole slogan was, let's get back to what we were doing. And if you take that and parlay that with the proper messaging day after day, and it does require every single day that you're out there, then you win every time. Mm -hmm. Well, and when I look at, for example, uh, you know, for whatever DeSantis decides to do, but I look at DeSantis, I look at Winsome Sears, I look at Byron Donalds and, and, and. I look and say, in any political party, you need to know where your future is. We look at the yeah. Democratic Party and say, who's their future? Yeah. Who is somebody who can meet? Who is the one? Because they know it. They know it. Why do you think, why do you think they chose Biden? They chose Biden because they know they have to fake that they're in the center. Who can fake they're in the center now? And who, right. is, who right. is the upcoming young you know, movers and shakers? Well, you have Gavin Newsom they look at as the savior. But do you want your country to be like California? I mean, that will be the attack. Do you want to cal- <laughs> Californication <laughs> of the entire <laughs> of the I entire? I think it's Californification. I had to, I know, but yeah. I had to, but I, <laughs> I, had to, I, I I know, but I I had to I did that on purpose, and yeah. there was there was a everyone knows there was a point to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was calculated just so you know yeah uh but uh do, do you want that to happen to the entire country <laughs> yeah right and but uh and and so you look and you say okay who are the, who are the people that really can communicate the message of the republican party the best and i think those are three right now that are the future of the republican party that can be extra extremely strong personalities right mm. But, uh, you know, but co- all come across as extremely smart people that wish to get things done and are reasonable and common sense. Yeah. And that's what you want. You don't take the passion out of it. The passion is directed in a who is considered one of the strongest presidents ever. Ronald Reagan. Right. Was. Was he loud all the time? Nope. nope. That, and, and I guess that's the point when you're when you're talking except, about except for that so one moment where he reminded that he paid for that microphone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
that's the, I think that's the loudest he got, right? Send the missiles over. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But no, he wasn't he wasn't loud at all. Nope. And and uh, you know, very folksy, but could he project strength? Yes, and that's what you have to that's what you have to do. And I do think that there right now there's been so much screaming and so much over the top rhetoric that you hear constantly. And and by the way, where you hear it the most, there are individuals in the Republican Party, but the massive rage is coming from the left constantly. Yeah. The rage. Yeah. And well, I think and it, it, it goes it it goes way beyond just the you know, we've said over the years, there's no problem with being angry. It's not wrong to be angry. But when you look at the reason as to why the left is angry and outraged, over-the-top outraged, it moves so far away from the fundamental values of this nation that it's, we've talked about it, it is political suicide over and over again. Mm -hmm. If you're sitting in a political room, if you're sitting in a situation room, a political situation room, and you're saying this, these things out loud over and over again, what they're promoting right now, there's half, at least half of that room is shouting, this is political suicide. Yeah. If you have Democrats in. Yeah. If they're all Democrats. They, if they're right. all if Democrats. Democrats. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. And, mm-hmm. and it is so far away, so far away from where the party was. And that's why there's a great opportunity from Republicans. And so I'm just looking at, you know, who can who can do it in the future? Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. The future could be, you know, a year and a half from now. Yeah. Future could be, you know, the midterms of the next time. It could be, you know, Donald's, for example, in uh, in in Florida. Where does he go? Does he run for the Senate next? Mm. You know, wins him serious. She's 59. So, I mean, where does where does she go in order to get, you know, to that highest level? But I view them. I view all of them as people that can get the job done that have great potential for the Republican Party okay, to promote that's, everything. That's the key. Yeah. The follow-through. Getting yep. the job yep. done. 866-90-RED-EYE. Lines open for your calls. 866-90-RED-EYE on Red Eye Radio. It's Red Eye Radio. He's Eric Harley, and I'm Gary McNamara. By the way, when I say Winsom uh, Sears for leader of the Republican Party, uh, the lieutenant governor of Virginia, a f- uh, future leader on the federal level, I'm not talking president. She can't be president. She was born in Jamaica, just mm-hmm. so you know that. Right, was. right. I'm talking about being, you know, becoming a senator, becoming a, you know, sp- I can see her somebody effectively communicating for the Republican Party. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. But this she, is... can't, she can't be president, though. And this has to be, you know, the this has to be. The I think the motivation for the party right now, maybe more than ever, not everybody in the party clearly sees it, but I think more and more people do. And I think the calling from the rank and file Republicans to get this done, get the job done, get the messaging done is greater today than it has been. This is Red Eye Radio.
on Westwood One. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was a three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord! We get it! They have chemistry! Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen. The Bigger Pockets portfolio of podcasts are worthy of your investment. We're having a real conversation as real real estate investors. New episodes available every day. It's important to buy where it makes money and not necessarily where you want to travel to. Bigger Pockets on the market, rookie real estate or money podcast. The purpose of flipping is to create more cash so then you can reinvest into other types of properties. The Bigger Pockets podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen. <laughs> 